Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Finos Open Source and Finance Podcast, and as always, I'm your host, Grizz Griswold. On this episode of the podcast, we interview teams from Wipro and Sousa, uh, who are gold members of Finos, who came together to discuss how to accelerate DevOps, the cloud, and agile transformation in banks using Rancher. By providing necessary open source tools to engineering teams who might have limited or no access to public, private, or hybrid cloud systems and tools. This is a deep dive to their webinar that they did earlier. Enjoy, and let's get the music started. Hi, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Finos Open Source and Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Grizz Griswold, Marketing Director at Finos, and today my co-host is James McLeod, Director of Community, also at Finos. And today we're joined by folks from uh, Finos Gold members, Wipro and Sousa, who've just finished presenting on Accelerating DevOps, Cloud and Agile Transformation in Banks with Rancher as part of our Open Source and Finance Meetup uh, webinar series. Uh, Hi, James. Hi, Wipro and Sousa teams, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, Grizz. It's amazing to be here. Thank you very much. Awesome. Um, I'm going to do a quick rundown of who's actually uh, on the podcast. We have Kevin and David from Sousa, and then Manish, Mini, Nishé, and Vikout from Wipro. Um, welcome, everybody. And what I'm going to do is go ahead and go into our first question. I want everybody to uh, introduce yourselves, uh, tell us who you are and uh, the firm that we represent and the industry experience, um, especially in banking, um, if you would like to. And I believe that uh, maybe Kevin will start with you. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Hi. Good afternoon, morning, evening. This is true. Yeah, Kevin Smith. Uh, look, I've been in the the industry longer than the industry, so I've been around a while. Um, various technology positions. Uh, we everything we do goes across multiple sectors, but you know, Linux, open source, and new DevOps is is fundamental to our growth, and also with the accelerations in the financial market and the adaption uh, that you guys are making was all over so for multiple years been involved in relatively different positions to do with the, the financial sector awesome thanks kevin and david everybody so my name is david holder i work as a field engineer for susa i joined susa as part of the ranch acquisition and my role is that of a technical one. I help get our customers on board with Rancher and by extension Kubernetes as a key strategic technology. Awesome, thank you. And Manish? Thanks, Chris. Uh, hi, this is Manish, uh, part of Wipro Digital. I lead engineering. Um, spent about two decades with uh, banking and financial services. Uh, uh, I think that's been my life. Pre- previous to that, I've spent time with e-learning and telecom, but clearly my life has spent has been spent on solving technology problems at banks. Awesome. Thanks, Manish. And Mini? Hello, everyone. My name is Mini Krishnan. I am a software engineer in Wipro Digital. Uh, I'm a full-stack developer. I have almost five years of industry experience. Junior to this industry, but then I'm learning. Awesome. Thanks, Mini. Uh, Nishay? Yeah. Hi. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Nishay Desai, uh, part of Wipro from the last five years and working as a DevOps lead. 
and yeah been helping various clients to solve uh, in the financial industry uh, to solve bring devops in the industry and solve the problem basically awesome thank you and uh pick out hi chris uh, hi guys my name is vikal uh, close to a decade uh, experience in in it industry mostly around platform engineering and the devops world mostly associated associated with uh, banks and the financial industry thank you that's fantastic. Thank you, everybody, for being here. So um, this is James um, from the Finos team. Um, thank you for that amazing introduction, Chris. Um, it's awesome to have everybody here today. But I, I wanted to actually um, start the conversation to talk about um, the problem that engineers have faced in banks, you know, prior to having Kubernetes or prior to the cloud um, or any form of control over systems, you know, for engineering teams. So maybe Mini and Manish, um, maybe you can tell me what's the unique engineering challenges faced by engineers in banks today? You know, prior to um, you know Kubernetes and using you know the cloud for engineering. I'll go, uh, Mini. You can add uh, specifically your experiences. I think it's not just in the past, James. You know, what I've seen some of these challenges engineers face even today. That's born by lack of empowerment, very rigid data technology and compliance and process controls, um, not really making use of the technology that exists around us because of either lack of trust or readiness in the business uh, and generally in the financial services, my experience is uh, it's very risk averse because of the nature of the business itself. And in terms of the challenges, you know, right from not having any access or control over your own devices uh, to not being able to access an environment or be able to develop a piece of software. Um, you know, it's, it's all of those and there is probably there is a long list of things that I see personally on various engagements across financial services. Mini, your thoughts? I agree with you, Manish. Um, me as an engineer, uh, when I was working with the banking project, I feel it's loads of governance heavy where we have uh, more security reasons due to it always the banks are laid back with the technologies. We can't just like that start using our latest technology. We have to uh, get it through governance, security policies. If it's all that good, only then we can start using it. So Mini, um, I know that you're a software engineer, which means that you're actually coding within banking teams yourself. What does that slowdown actually mean when you, know, you need to go through governance teams in order to get things signed off? I mean, how does that feel as an engineer who's just trying to code and get things through? It's always a headache change because we have to go through multiple process, multiple security uh, um, docs or uh, presentation where they agree saying that, okay, this is the technology which we can take it or there are high chances they'll say it's a new one, which we can't bring it into bank. So um, for, for certain reasons or for security constraints, we have to uh, leave certain technologies and go with the legacy ones just because it's secure. I know that um, both Nishe and Vilkap are also in the same situation. I mean, I don't know if you two um, have any kind of examples that you can give for where you've been asked to do something quickly, uh, you know, governance and security and, you know, other blockers, you know, have got in the way um, and have caused frustration. Yep. Uh, Mr. said, James, probably I agree what Mini mentioned. Uh, few situations personally, what I've seen working in the banking sector is 
when something you have to deliver quickly, but because of the long release cycle, right, which you can't dodge because that's a life cycle which you have to follow, right? Let's say use um, 20 days, 30 days. You, you all know banking industry, right? Where you have to wait for them to actually the code which you have written today, you know that it will take another 30 days to end up in production. So you can imagine the feedback loop how big it can be and by that time you would be developing another piece of software and so that's the kind of situation we get into uh, and probably just one more thing on this is uh, using niche technologies or the cutting edge technologies these days right uh, which will actually help as an engineer for us to develop faster to deploy faster to test quickly and deploy it so i think that's another pain point which i have seen in the banking industry to get that tool in the bank itself to use it. Yeah, that's my thoughts on this. Thank you for that. Um, now we're going to go kind of to the other side and talk to the SUSE folks about um, a rancher. And I even know that there's there's a SUSE rancher um, uh, also. But uh, I wanted to ask, uh, you know, why was rancher created? And, um, and then, you know, maybe go into a little bit of how the platform is uniquely placed to enable um, you know, banking engineer, banking engineering teams to do what they need to do. Uh, Kevin or David? So kind of Rancher was spawned from a need of managing containerized applications. Obviously, there's this kind of shift in the application world to containerized applications. So when Rancher 1.0 was released, it primarily addressed the concerns of managing these containers. Then Kubernetes came out as kind of the leading orchestrator. And that's kind of where Rancher 2.0 began its journey. So we kind of evolved from just managing containers to managing Kubernetes, which is becoming the you know, de facto standard. Um, and the way in which that we're kind of positioning Rancher is that you know, we're, we're also addressing the needs of managing these workloads across multiple cloud providers, multiple infrastructure providers in a uniform way. So every kind of cloud provider has their own kind of management tool for managing their resources. You know, AWS has a CloudFormation for automation. Azure probably has something else specific to them. But what we get with Rancher is we have a unified interface and a single point of reference to manage all these resources across all these cloud providers in, you know, one single way. And that enables organizations, not just for banking, but, you know, for all different sectors to manage all these applications and all the resources they consume in a way that's very easy to consume for both operators and, and developers alike. So I'm really interested to hear, Kevin, um, whether the story that Manish and Mini and Nishay, you know, have said today, did you know that Ranch was being used in this way? Is this something that you've heard from other places as well? Um, it's a good question, James. So I think what you find is, you know, the, this container Kubernetes thing is is the new thing, right? Uh, we, we very much see it as sort of the new sort of operating system for cloud native workloads. And um, what you, the, the, the Wipro team described is, is common with, with a lot of other industries who are on this sort of uh, cycle of development. And Really, what we're trying to do is to aid the adoption, try and simplify it. And that, I think, was called out heavily from the Wipro team about removing the, the complexity of, of syntax uh, and giving it uh, more usability. However, you know, people like command line, which uh, a lot of Linux people love it, right? You know, and as David also called out, it is all API driven. 
So really it's adding that simplicity and that driving that adoption so people could, from different organisations and different vendors can really maximise the opportunity. And where we see it from a financial thing, yes, there is, you know, a lot of um, conservatism, if that's a word, but also um, there's a lot of embracing these new technologies to reach new platforms, you know, doing doing stuff on your mobile phone, right? I think the financial industry were sort of bleeding edge from large corporates to adopt that. Um, so, yeah, the story rings true. The story is hitting multiple industries, and we certainly see, I think, the financial industry right at the forefront of, of that side of things. Um, and then let me just clarify the thing about the Sousa Rancher Rancher thing. So, um, yeah, Sousa acquired Rancher, right? So Rancher is a technology portfolio within Sousa, right, is the easiest way of describing it. It's a sort of container DevOpsy uh, function within Sousa. We still have our traditional things, Sousa Linux, Sousa Manager, Sousa all this, and then we have Rancher, which is our different portfolio of products. So hopefully that clarifies things on that front. Absolutely, it does. So I'd like to explore maybe with the Wipro team because we actually have like an engineering director and we also have software engineers on the ground who, who are using Rancher. It'd be good to know how you found Rancher and how you evaluated it and then how you decided, you know, to move forward, you know, with it to enable the team. So we get to, you know, kind of understand that, you know, cycle, you know, that you went through. So maybe Manish, if we start with you and then we can hear other people's experiences. In, in simple terms, James, it was an accidental miracle or something, not some sort, right? So we were um, solving the problem, which was developer productivity, we looked at the waste measures, and this is a three, three and a half, four-year-old story. Uh, when we looked at what's out there in the environment and what's causing those in, in a waste, uh, I think the experience that some of our DevOps uh, architects had with Rancher, and, and it was very much exploratory at that stage. So it started off as a, a pilot, a quick pilot, given it's open source, it's in a disconnected environment, it's safe, and there was sponsorship right up front to solve a bigger problem. So it just happened to be a default choice at that stage. Uh, since then, and, and those days, we didn't have an AKS or a, a very advanced you know, container uh, solution in cloud and bank wasn't ready for cloud or hadn't been fully embracing cloud then. So I think it was a, uh, whether it was an accident or generally we found that as a very easy to test and learn. And from there it grew to, you know, today about more than thousand people use that, uh, you know, what, it create, what we created three years ago. Nishchay, Vikulp, I know you guys were there. Uh, was there any specific other inputs that you had? Okay. So, yeah, as Manish mentioned, uh, we were exploring at that time, right? And there were a couple of more solutions which we explored. But the main point why we went ahead with Rancher and our experiences, like, we were, we want to implement something at scale, right? Where we can, we ha have one single place to manage and onboard multiple teams and can do it management from one single perspective back in 2017 or 18. And that's where I think David started with Rancher 1.0. That's where we started our journey as well, where we started putting our whole DevOps tool chain on that naming Jenkins, Nexus, Sonarcube, and all other tools, which is a typical classical DevOps tool chain. And then over a year, as Kubernetes came into market and becoming a de facto container orchestration platform, Rancher 2.0 was 
supporting heavily Kubernetes, where it was really easy for us to create clusters, manage it, and doing the op operations part was really easy, upgrading and monitoring part of it. And we just went ahead and every team, as we Manish mentioned, almost 1,000 developers are today using that happily and they have their own control. They're not depending on single teams, not central teams, are there as they have their own dedicated clusters as well. So that's my experience on using Rancher. Uh, Vikal, do you have a couple of things to add? Yeah, I think uh, you guys covered mostly uh, everything. Just wanted to add, you know, as they say, you know, a sort of a picture speaks thousand words more, right? So what, what we do as part of our Kubernetes cluster in terms of memory, you know, the heap sizes, the utilization and things like that, we could really see those uh, being, you know, drawn as a pictures when we access Rancher. So the underlying uh, Kubernetes cluster or the underlying pods, nodes, and these various configurations, we could actually see them, you know, running live and we could see them, the utilization, we could see them uh, you know, uh, behaving abruptly if, if, if uh, whenever there was a downtime or something. And basically, you know, I could get a meaning out of it rather than running, uh, as, as many told, multiple kubectl commands and, you know, uh, getting a pretty much uh, the same result. And the rancher gave us the, you know, sort of a dashboard or a pictorial view, if I may. Yeah, I think the Whipper team has kind of touched on this, and and also David, you did too. Um, you've kind of touched on how Rancher is being used across banking now, um, but uh, how is it experience evolving over time? Uh, or future future cast it for us, and 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 tell us um, kind of where you see Rancher in banking right now, and then where you see it, you know, six months, one year, five year. Well, five years is way too far, right? <laughs> Yeah, so um, a really kind of compelling use case that we're we're finding from you know the the finance and banking sector is also edging towards the edge. So not just like kind of edge use cases, but actually putting Kubernetes clusters at the edge. So recently we've started you know ramping up our development um, for a product called Fleet, which is actually part of Rancher now. And Fleet is all about managing large numbers of small clusters at the edge. So we're seeing this kind of change in kind of design and topology. Instead of having you know a centralized data center, which is the core of all the computational power, we're having you know clusters and resources being pushed out to, to the edge. And in this example, you know we're, we're talking about banks, so I think about putting Kubernetes clusters in you know every branch of every bank to facilitate these kind of workloads to you know potentially in things like ATMs as well. So in terms of moving forward, I think that's a you know particular design pattern that we're going to, going to see more of. And a lot of other industries are kind of following suit as well. So although we've seen it in you know, finance and banking, I mean, also automotive is, is also doing the same thing. I mean, at Roger, we've also been discussing with you know, car manufacturers about you know, putting you know, Kubernetes in cars, which is crazy to think about it. But it actually might become a reality. So what we might find in, you know, banking and finance is, you know, every, you know, branch will have a Kubernetes cluster that's running some kind of workloads. They might be centrally managed by Rancher because that's what Rancher's supposed to do. But there is definitely this shift towards instead of using a centralized data center to kind of spread these resources out in that kind of fashion. And I was wondering if we could um, explore together. So, David, with you being here, it's awesome. But also with the the Wipro team who are involved in you know this type of move, 
How does Run Tragedy fit into, you know, the migration to cloud? So going from legacy kind of um, centralized systems uh, into, you know, either hybrid cloud, private cloud or public cloud, and then also cross, you know, cross service provider platforms as well. Does does um, Run Tragedy enable, you know, um, acceleration in that area for, for multi-cloud provisioning? So, I mean, yeah, so multi-cloud provisioning is pretty much um, our bread and butter, effectively. So we can provision to, you know, on-prem vSphere, to Google, to Amazon, to Azure, et cetera. And we can kind of, you know, aid organizations in, you know, moving workloads between clouds. And But the, the main kind of blocker that we see is kind of the re-architecting of applications. Because obviously a lot of organizations are running monolith applications that aren't geared or they're not kind of obviously designed to be put into Kubernetes. Obviously, Kubernetes is all about managing containerized workloads uh, by breaking up monolithic applications into microservices. So there's a kind of hurdle that a lot of organizations have to go through in terms of fully kind of exploiting the power of Kubernetes. And part of that is developing applications or re-architecting applications, refactoring them, et cetera so that they can be you know, created and maintained as containerized applications, then that's where Raja comes in. Because now if you, for example, have taken an application, you've containerized it, you can now deploy it anywhere because it's a container, which is slightly different from kind of the legacy infrastructure world. So you, know, you created a VM on you know, vSphere, for example, on-prem, and you wanted to move that on Amazon. Well, you can't really just do kind of lift and shift in that respect because they have different ways of managing the infrastructure. Whereas Kubernetes is kind of like another layer on top. So providing you've containerized your application, I can deploy it on-prem, I can deploy it in the cloud, I can deploy it to multiple clouds. And I know that my application will behave in the same way because it's using a kind of common base, which is um, the containerization and the container runtime, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And um, Manish, does that resonate with, you know, what you're seeing on the ground in banking situations as well? Yeah, I'm seeing a level of, uh, you know, conflict between native versus uh, and a, a kind of uh, uh, neutral choice, right? So I'm seeing a bit of conflict, um, but that would resolve as products mature. And I'm sure, David, uh, the product roadmap and the, the features that it will bring will address that particular debate. And, and many customers will make their own choices and it could be different, you know, in different environments. But certainly there is future for, for this. Thank you. Um, we're going to head to our last discussion point. Um, and uh, this kind of brings into the fold of the uh, Finos community, especially. Um, but we just wanted to kind of explore, um, you know, how engineering teams, uh, especially within the Finos community, can evaluate the Rancher platform and um, and if you know if you folks would like to comment on if you believe that there's a project or a special interest group within Finos that uh, could potentially help either contribute you know towards Rancher or actually you know reap the benefits of using Rancher too um, for for one of our projects or one of our special interest groups, um, would anybody like to answer that? I think Chris, it, it, within within this context of this example that we talked about, it started that way, and and the interest group got created, community got formed. So I think you could apply the same template at a broader scale, um, and and create that platform. Uh, we could provide, I'm sure, David and his team as well as uh, this team, and there are many others who could 
come and join that and, and contribute to that learning as well as the uh, you know exploration david any thoughts um so yeah i mean it's, it's working with kubernetes is always a moving target isn't it so if, if there's any opportunity or platform for us to share experiences you know tips and tricks from the field all that kind of stuff then uh yeah, the, the way we help each other is the way we help, you know, develop and, you know, improve kind of the adoption of Kubernetes in general, as far as I'm aware. Cool. And um, of course, we'll put uh, information on how to get how to get started with Rancher, how to get involved, how to get Rancher involved with the projects and SIGs within the show notes. And um, but uh, for anybody listening to this, if you have any questions on how to get started, then we can put you in touch with uh, David or Manish, the, the SUSE and the Wipro teams. Um, but, also, uh, we have right. Finn or Slack that people might like yes. to join and ask your questions directly. Um, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and close if that's okay with everybody. And, and um, you know, we just wanted to, to thank the teams from Susan and Wipro for your time today. And uh, thanks, of course, uh, James, too, for spending some time with us to discuss Rancher's place within financial services. Um, I'll add as many links as I can in the show notes to help listeners get involved with the project. And of course, we at Finos want to sincerely thank you for spending your time with us and invite you to connect with our community. Join us at finos.org to find out more about the community. Follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, and as James said, join our Slack channels. Um, please subscribe to the Open Source and Finance podcast and rate it five stars. Uh, that really helps us. And um, join our mailing list and our, for weekly and biweekly updates. And you know, just get involved with the community. Um, it's continuing to grow and it's continuing to grow with uh, great members like Sousa and Wipro. <clears throat> um, and this has been your host. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice. <laughs> this has been your host, Grizz Griswold of Finos. Good day, good night, wherever you are. <laughs>